0: Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a Sports Itos presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at EuroLeague. In today's episode, we chat about Red Star. Ready for their breakdown, yoke?
1: Yes, sir. Let's get to it.
0: Red Star has a rich history in the European basketball with a passionate, fan base that uh, make their home court a very powerful weapon they are known for developing some talented players like uh, Bielitsa and like Petra Stajokovic Red Star is yet to win a EuroLeague title. This uh, season the team ranked 12th in offensive rating and 4th in defensive rating coming to life in the later part of the season with the addition of Facundo Campazzo, that uh, couldn't be registered as a EuroLeague player for a while due to some violations and a penalty that the team suffered but once they were able to, to add Campazzo to their active roster they they really came to life and they played as a playoff level team in the later part later stage of the season Red Red Star fell short of uh, the playoffs ending the regular season in tenth place Duke what got in between the Serbian team and the playoffs and please don't answer Pasconia and Fenerbahce (laughs) (laughs) damn
1: man you took my answer I was thinking about saying that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, obviously uh, not being able to to have Campas won the court uh, since he signed, obviously that, that hurt him a lot because we know the type of difference that he could have made. But, uh, but I just think that uh, having Hassan Martin missed some time due to injury as well. Uh, I think uh, all of those factors, the, they, they meant something for this team to not achieve the playoffs. But uh, again, like if you ask me before the season, the Red Star was not a team that I had in the playoffs. So I think they had a, a positive season. Uh, I mean, it wasn't incredible, but I, I wouldn't say it's a negative one. And switching coaches uh, mid-season also. So there was a lot of stuff going on for them. So I think in the end, it was a, a positive season. Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, the, their home crowd uh, is amazing. And obviously, when they're playing at home, their energy turns up a level. And it's just an amazing thing to see. Uh, they had a very good guards. Obviously, Natovic and, uh, Natovic and uh, Vildoza, and then with Campazzo coming in mid-season. Uh, not mid-season, more later in the season. Uh, and I think they have a good core of local players, which is always important for for a club with a culture like Red Star. Uh, I just think they need to to add more impactful foreign players. Like I think they need a dominant wing, because that's something they've been lacking for the past few years. But uh, I think if they add the right pieces, they can do a very good job, because... They have some very good players already. Uh, I just think they need to to figure out which ones are the missing pieces and, and just do it.
0: Yeah, we will. We will now be delving into the players that made this Red Star one of the most competitive teams in the Euroleague. We will start with Francoso Campazzo, and we will go until Filip uh, And while they had a, play- a roster with the players like Bentel, Dobric, Ivanovic, uh, Asan Martin, that you mentioned, Ilic, Kuzmic, uh, John Holland, Markovic, uh, they had a, se- a series of good players in this roster. They had some depth but they were lacking that um, higher level of depth that you mentioned that uh, every time that uh, they didn't have some of their top players available, we could really tell. And, uh they will just fall short in those situations and they were falling, They were missing some of those higher level in this case foreign players but uh, higher level players that can provide that for them on a consistent basis but let's now look into the the players and let's break down the, the players that made this roster a very competitive one and I agree with you their season wasn't brilliant but they ended it in a very high note and I think that's what they want to, to continue to do moving forward they are expected to receive a uh, a wild card for the this edition of the the EuroLeague and to be back on this edition of the EuroLeague, and I think that will be positive. It was one of the the high notes of last edition of the EuroLeague was the the home crowds of teams like the the both Serbian teams Partizan and Red Star, and I think that's one of one of the things that make the the basketball in Europe rich and um, enticing for for it to grow. I understand the appeal of money and uh, high budget clubs. They are also part of the i'm i agree with that but i think this is the core of the european basketball the these fans and i think having teams like red star as part of the euro league it's very important for the euro league growth so i do expect to see red star partizan uh, jalgiris all, jalgiris will be but uh, all of these teams uh, back and for being part of the EuroLeague league for many many years now to break down the players, we we had a big debate about our MVP selection for this team. But in the end, and despite having played only nine games, we agreed that Facuno Campazzo was the most valuable player in the in terms of having the ability of uh, elevating and unlocking this right starting to so a playoff level team. The 32-years-old Argentinian guard had returned this season to the EuroLeague after an NBA stint, with uh, this being his 6th EuroLeague season, his first with Red Star having played the other 5 with uh, Real Madrid. That at the moment of recording this podcast, we have heard that uh, he is bound to return to Real Madrid next season and will make the the champions an even stronger team with uh, such a high-level player and that fits their needs so well, but we will leave that to our Real Madrid team preview ahead of the the start of the EuroLeague season. Campazzo ended this season with 15 points, 5.9 assists, 1.9 steals and 2.8 rebounds per game. The reduced number of games didn't allow him to qualify for these rank- rankings, but uh, he would have ranked first in assists In um, he would have ranked third in uh, assists and first in steals per game with uh, these averages that he had. His uh, best game of the season was on run 33 on an impressive home win over the regular season winners Olympia Iacus with Campazzo being the MVP of that game with 20 points, eight assists, three rebounds, and five steals. Campazzo is a two-time Zero league champions, but with Real Madrid, he won it in 2015 and 2018. Joke, for you, what makes Campazzo the most valuable player of this Red Star team this season?
1: Well, uh, obviously, in the games that he did not play, uh, when he was not eligible to play, uh, you can clearly tell that they were they were lacking something I and. Mean, I think that pure point guard that would facilitate for everybody and get everybody involved, that was like the missing piece. And obviously, that's what Compasso is. So, and then when he played, he was clearly the best player on the team. So I guess it's fair to to give him the MVP because he, he proved that he was the missing piece. And I, I firmly believe that if they had Compasso for the full season, uh, I think they would be in the playoffs. So... Obviously, he's an elite point guard. He makes everybody better. He can shoot. He can pass. Uh, on the open court, he can push that pace. He can get everybody running in, tra- in quick tra- quick transitions. So, obviously, he's an amazing player. And uh, he would have helped Red Star so much in those games that he, that he wasn't eligible to play. And he would have took so much pressure off of uh, Vildoza and Natovic. With those guards' um, responsibilities. So uh, I think he, it's fair to give him the MVP for this team, even though we could have went Petrussev maybe or Nedović, but uh, but I think Campazzo in the end uh, showed why he's the best player on this team.
0: He was indeed the player that elevated their ceiling the most and uh, really unlocked him later in the season. And that's why, because we are not voting for an MVP, we are just trying to select in this player's breakdown the one that for us had a bigger impact on the, on the this team and for us uh, Campazzo was the player. Next on the docket we have Luca Vildoza that you had uh, mentioned. The 27 years old 6'3 Argentinian guard with Italian passport was on his fifth EuroLeague season. His first with Red Star after spending the four previous with pasconia This uh, season Vildoza averaged 12.6 points, 3.9 assists, 2.5 rebounds and 1.4 steals per game. He ranked third between all EuroLeague players in steals per game. His best game of the season came on the round 21 against uh, the Serbian rivals Partizan with Vildoza having the highest PER of the game despite him losing and he ended the game with 26.6 rebounds, 2 assists and 1 steal I will be giving you the floor Duke and our listeners know that uh, you were impressed with the steps forward that Vildoza took this season so go ahead and break down those steps.
1: Yeah, for sure I, I mean, I, when I first started to, to see Vildoza was when he was in Basconia. And uh, the point guard was Pierre Henry, and he was playing the two uh, for most of most of the time. And uh, to see his ability to to grow into being a point guard as well. And uh, we saw that when Camposo was out, uh, he took that point guard role and he he performed it at a very good level, and uh, that really impressed me because he showed a lot of growth as a player. So that was really cool to see. He he's a good shooter. He's very good in the open court, in the transition game. He can shoot the mid range, uh, like off of the pick and roll. He can play the one or the two. Like I said, I, I just think he needs to be more consistent as an overall player. Uh, there were there would be a couple of games that uh, he wouldn't show up as much. And especially when Campazzo came back, he kind of had more of a reserved role, even though he was starting uh, a lot of times still. But uh, I think he can be a little bit more consistent and that would be a, a hell of a way to help this team because I think it's very important for them. And especially if Compasso leaves, uh, he can he could be their point guard. But there's also talks that uh, some teams are interested in Vildoza. So we're going to see what happens next year. But uh, I think he's a very good player and his ability to play either the one or the two, I think is his best ability for me because I love those players who can be versatile within positions. So it's very good to see the, the way he was able to grow as a player.
0: Before we hit the third highlight, line- level guard of this team Uh, who do you think it's the perfect backcourt partner for a player like Vildoza Vildoza still is pretty young he's just 27 years old and I think he can be a a high level player in the early for many years to come who do you think is the perfect pairing in the backcourt for a player like Vildoza which type of player of course not a player specifically but which type of player is the perfect pairing for him
1: I think Dante Exum would be an interesting one Uh, and I'll tell you why because obviously Veloz is not a a big guard like I'm not gonna say he's short but in terms of like strength he's kind of thin Uh, so I think uh, a stronger guy that can defend and that could switch and attack the basket like to do different things that he does uh, I think that would be a very good compliment for him. Uh, so I think a guy like Dante Exum would be very interesting
0: yeah and I will just add uh, to that uh, Exum also has the, some playmaking ability and I think that's also a key yeah. to have alongside him like to have two playmakers that can both perform those tasks and uh, distribute those tasks between them yeah and they
1: they could play very well off of each other so I think that would be a, a very good pairing
0: absolutely let's continue and let's uh, hit the, the third high level guards and uh, this gives me shades of Monaco with three high-level guards in the same roster, and another key player of this Red Star team was Nemanja Nedović, the 32 years old 6'3 veteran Serbian guard that was on his ninth EuroLeague season. This was his first with Red Star, joining the team after two seasons with Paratynicos. During Nedović' career, he won the Euro Cup with Malaga in the year of 2017. This season, Nedović had 13.3 points, 2.9 assists, 1.2 rebounds, and 0.7 steals per game, with uh, his best game of the season coming on round 16 against Barcelona at home. Nedović had his highest PER of the the game recording 24 points, 7 assists, 1 rebound and 1 steal how important was netovich for this Red Star roster and do you think that he can provide even more at uh, the early level, mostly for
1: Red Star? I do. Uh, I think offensively, he, he can do it all. I mean, obviously, he's an amazing scorer. Uh, he can... Usually, he's, he comes off the bench for that team and he immediately brings uh, scoring and energy, obviously. And while he's scoring, the crowd starts getting into it. And for that team, that's wonderful. That's just wonderful for them. But uh, he needs to get better on defense. And that's not a knock on him as a player. He's still a great player, but he definitely has to get better on defense because we saw a lot of situations where he wasn't closing games this year because of his defensive issues. So uh, I think he can definitely he can definitely be better on that aspect and as an overall player, just if he improves uh, in terms of defense. Because And especially with a coach like Ivanovic, I think that would be very important for him and for that team.
0: Very well. We saw at times they trying to go to three guard lineups, and um, the way that Red Star was operating in those situations was to try to to be extremely aggressive defensively, causing many turnovers from the other teams. And they were able to to do it successful for for moments, but uh, then they weren't able to, to to continue to do it when the the other team was adjusting. And many times Nedović was the the player going to the bench do you we have discussed that when we were recapping those specific games but overall do you think that from these three guards he is clearly the third option or do you think that he could have been closing some of the those games over one of the other two guards and uh, why would he be eventually a better fit uh, in one of those closing situations
1: yeah I think having a facilitator like Campazo I think nerovich would probably be my choice over vildoza to close games just because I, I think he you always need uh, those guys offensively that can go get a bucket in a close game situation in the fourth. And not saying that Villaza can't do it, but uh, I just think Netovic is slightly better at it. And with Campazo on the court as well. Uh, and Compasso is a good defender, even though he's a small guy. But uh, I think Netovic would probably be my second uh, guard on, out of those three. But uh, obviously, it was very hard for them to, to use this three-guard lineup because as the combination of the three, they are very small. And uh, I think the difference for with Monaco is like Okobo is a bit taller than these guys. Uh, Jordan Lloyd is a strong guard, even though he's not as tall, but he's a strong guard and he's a good defender. So I think that was like the difference between these two teams. But if you try to play Compasso, Vildoza and Nerovic, imagine against Efez. Uh, and they have Larkin, Misic and Claiborne at the three. Like, how are these guys supposed to guard them? Yeah. Like, who, who's going to be on real Claiborne? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's very hard because of the size aspect. But uh, I mean, yeah, between the three, I would go Campazo and Natovic, uh, because I don't think he's that much of a liability. Obviously, he has defensive issues, but I don't think he's that much of a liability just to, to not be able to be on the floor. So uh, I would go Campazo
0: and Adam. <clears throat> I, I mostly agree with you in terms of that being the best pairing to, to close games. I do think that Vildoza might have um, a higher ceiling or might be a more talented player than Nadovic overall. But uh, I I do agree that in terms of fit to close games, I think Campazo is clearly the, the superior player from the three of them. And as we spoke, we named him MVP. So it will be silly to not have him closing the games. And between the other two I think uh, Nedovich is a better fit even if I think that Villason might be more talented as a overall player. Uh, but regardless of that, you are you're mentioning that uh, Monaco guards are taller players and stronger players and that allowed them to, to close with some three-guard lineups. And what I have been seeing here, and I, I have two questions to make you here. One is about Nedovic and Vildoza pairing. If they stay together moving forward, how do you think that the pairing works? And uh, the other one is like, we see and we keep doing these teams breakdowns and we see that the forward position is really a position that is lacking and it's a key position for many of these euro league teams. Do you, do you think that uh, we will start seeing more in the Euroleague investment to bring better forwards since we keep mentioning in several teams that that's the key for them to take the, the next step or do you think that it's is too hard of a position to get and to get high-level production at the Euro League level?
1: I mean, to answer the, the first question, uh, I think Nerovic and Voldoza again, that could work because uh, even though again, I don't think they are big enough to play the three together, but to play two of them, regardless of which two it is, I think it could work. Uh, Like I said, obviously Netovich has to improve as a defender because playing small you, you need to, to be good defensively otherwise teams are just, other teams are just going to take advantage of it and they can obviously they can't allow that but uh, but I think it, it can work if they had a like a backup guard that's maybe a bit bigger and stronger and a good defender even though maybe he he doesn't need to be good offensively but just a guy that can bring energy defensively I think would be great for them um, I'm not going to say a Thomas Walkup because obviously that's way too much <laughs> for them to get and he wouldn't be coming off the bench of course but uh, I defensive-minded guard, I think would be very good for them. And then uh, about the forwards, I think I think they need like a, a three, a small forward who is a, a dominant scorer. I think that would be very important for them because they only, they're only getting uh, scoring from Nedovich, sometimes Vildoza and Petruzev inside. I think they're missing that wing who can really score. And uh, as a power forward, I, I think it's one of them. It's probably the second most important position in today's game. Those power forwards who are high IQ forwards like uh, Sigma, like uh, Smiths, like and and those guys are tough to find. So if they can get a, a pure scorer and at the wing and a high IQ guy to to play at the four, I think they would be very good uh, for next week for next season.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you and those forward positions are at a premium and that's why when you are able to, to find and have a new roster players like uh, Nigel Hayes-Davies and uh, Jean-Pierre it really makes a big difference for you and your ability to to perform and to compete you were asking before uh, who would guard uh, Will Clyburn and that's our next player that we will be breaking down for sure Luka Mitrovic, uh, the 30 years old six nine Serbian forward was on his 7th year League season, having played six of those with Red Star for the season. Mitrovic averaged seven point six points, four point four rebounds, and one point nine assists per game. With uh, his best game of the season being coincident with Anelovich on round sixteen against uh, Barcelona, with uh, him having eighteen points, eight rebounds, and three assists. Do what made Mitrovic such a key piece for this Red Star team.
1: Uh, I just think that uh, as a big forward, like as a big power forward, he, he has a very good footwork like in the post. I, I think he's a good passer in that position, which uh, again, like I mentioned Sigma, I, I think it's a very important aspect for a, a forward and an inside player to be able to to pass the ball. So uh, that's a, a very good aspect of his game. Uh, he can put the ball on the floor. Uh, I just think he needs to, to be a bit stronger to, to bank with those bigger guys in, in those positions. And again, similarly to other players, because I think in this Red Star team, this was a a collective problem, not just uh, of individual players, consistency. I think as individuals and obviously as a team, they were not consistent throughout the year. So I think that's a a part where they need to improve as a whole and as individuals, of course.
0: Let's now look at the players to keep an eye on for the future. And this team has a special one that really had a good season this year. We will break down Filip Petrushev, the 23 years old 6'11 Serbian big man. He had a breakout season with Red Star and uh, this was his second Euroleague season, his first with Red Star after previously playing for FS, where he became a Euroleague champion. The young Euroleague star is definitely a player to keep an eye on for the future. He have ended this season with 10.7 points, 5.2 rebounds, 0.5 steals and 0.7 blocks. Petroshev shown Great flashes during the season, including his MVP performance on round 17, leading Red Star to a road win in Valencia with 25 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals and 2 blocks. Diop, is Chef a future EuroLeague superstar and what improvements we can expect to see from him?
1: I think he has the potential to, to be a superstar. Obviously, we have to see how he develops his game, but uh, I think he's very good in the post. He's mobile and athletic enough for, for a guy that size. He can be a lob threat. He has a, a good footwork. I just think he needs to be better defensively and I think he needs to be more aggressive overall on both sides of the ball. I think he had an amazing season. He was one of the, the best young players in the competition for sure. And I think he has a lot of, I think he has a great career ahead of him in EuroLeague. So hopefully he keeps working hard and developing a, a better defense and just be more aggressive overall because I feel like he has the the abilities to to take over a game so hopefully we can see that next year
0: he has the ability to play as a tweener both as power forward and center I personally expect him to in the long run to be a center and to to be a dominant center and his mobility and uh, some shooting ability and uh, I think that will give him some advantages if he plays as a center that he doesn't have as much as a power forward even he has the ability to play both positions and I expect him to to become a star, to become a high-level player and contributor to the, the center position moving forward at the, the EuroLeague level. But to wrap up this episode and to end this episode, it's time to talk about coach Dusko Ivanovic. The coach from Montenegro has a long career with awards from all over Europe, including the nomination of Spanish Cup coach of the, the year in 2001. Dusko Ivanovic took over Red Star as a head coach in November of 2022, as you had mentioned, with the season already having started Started, uh, after he's serving as Basconian head coach until November of 2021. Duke, go ahead, take the floor and break down coach Dusko Ivanovic for our listeners.
1: Well, obviously, he he came into the team uh, because the club felt like they needed a, a, a more disciplined coach with a, a bigger authority, a stronger authority, uh, I say. And uh, I think once he came in, they, they did a pretty good job. They went on a, a nice little run uh, once they got him. And obviously, then they were not able to get Campaso immediately, so they they struggle a little bit after. But uh, I think he he's a good coach. He I think he he is very keen on working working very hard, long practices. He's a defensive-minded coach, and I think that's why we saw Nedevic stay on the bench for a lot of those fourth quarters because of the defensive side of the ball. So he's a coach that if you're not doing what is that, what you rest to. He's gonna bench you, like regardless of if you're the best player, if you're a starter, it doesn't matter. Whoever's giving it their all and playing at their best, they're they're gonna be on the court to close the game. Yeah. And I uh, I think he did a, a very good job with this team because they were very competitive throughout the year. So uh, if they if they stay together next year and if the core of players is kind of the same, I think it will be good for them with a full year of work to to be better. And I think that crowd appreciates the the defense and the 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 aggressive in the aggressiveness and the intensity. Density that this team provides so we'll see what happens next year but hopefully they are a a contender to to try to be in the fight for the playoffs because EuroLeague is in a better place when you have a team like Red Star with those fans being good so we'll see what happens
0: We expect them to be back next season and to continue to build up where they left, even if they won't have their MVP, Campazzo, We expect Coach and Ivanovic to be able to continue to build up this team and to to fight for the playoff spot. With this, we wrap up this European Hoops episode. Uh, As you guys know, we will continue to bring you these team recaps every Monday and Wednesday. Then we'll be covering the World Cup and then we will be previewing and preparing you guys for the next EuroLeague season. So stay tuned. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hero where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports, and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre and I'll be seeing you guys soon.
1: Bye, guys. See you on the next episode.